0: The Protect Your Neck Podcast UFC Stockholm Recap. A crazy week, a crazy card, and overall solid takeaways. savages this is the protecting neck podcast and i'm your host dan tom analyst and writer from com. as we are here today slash tonight uh to recap the sunday of ufc stockholm gustafson versus Teixeira. um before we get to the recap though uh we'll do the normal from bottom to top uh gonna kind of recap this past week man it's been a been a pretty crazy week and and not you know well definitely and you know current events and all that stuff but we let the other podcast talk about that stuff uh even though there's nothing wrong with talking about that stuff just uh i'm more talking about uh the junkie gathering that happened this last weekend if you're following my twitter time I'm like what the fuck's the junkie gathering and you know i kind of explained it a bit on the last show actually i did explain it pretty good I, it's hard to remember what i explained and did on the last show because i recorded two versions so like by the way, I'm sorry, like, hey, it says in the description, Dan rants about like Swedish metal and and I didn't hear any of that. Like what that's that's because that wasn't the first one that I uh recorded. And as of course, as you know, um I had that weird freak literal as like right about to save uh going from part one to part two, got part one deleted, and it was a good part one. So anyways, um we're gonna touch back on all that though. Uh but yeah, this week this week was just kind of crazy. Um it was good times. Uh Wow, where did I start? Just, just kind of meeting everybody was just awesome. I mean, just huge props to the show hosts of MMA Junkie Radio, who kind of formed this group of uh, you know, people, uh, fans, hardcores, and a lot of people that work within the sport, um, formerly or now, uh, just, just a part of this giant group um, that calls themselves Junkie Nation, who are nice enough to... You know, welcome me uh, This was kind of the first You know, despite being a local And, and knowing these guys personally I, I never really attended to any of them before You know, I'm not uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm bad da- da- Old Dan Tom's not the most um, Not the most uh, social And not the most, you know Always all had stuff going on Or, you know Uh, I always felt like I could could either be you know I only had time to be one of each Uh, you know especially when I was working uh, my corporate gig you know I could either be a a, you know a fighter or a fan and I wanted to compete and compete is what I did so I kind of would fall out of phases where I'd go from listening and being up to date with the show to not but uh all, all the while still following along to who's who and you listen to someone in your ear long enough, you, you you feel like you get to know them as cheesy as that sounds and and, and that holds true. So I got to put a lot of, uh, you know, names to faces that I've been hearing for a long time. A lot of them, you know, now listen to this podcast, which I don't know why, but thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, listeners of this podcast, like, uh, you know, Jersey Mike, Oklahoma Knowles, it was great to meet you, man. That was awesome to hang out. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, and then, the, the, you know, all the way out, you know, from Jersey. Then you have, you know, Lackey from NorCal and everybody in between. A bunch of people from Canada, you know, Gally from Toronto. Uh, I almost feel bad starting to name names, but, uh, you know, someone I really long time respected and was great to meet in person, Aaron Fisher. Much respect to that was the, what a cool cat. And Hal from Chicago, uh, guy I look up, looked up to a lot as far as, uh, you know, uh, just, just he he you hear him call into the show, and he's one of you know he does impersonations of you know hoist gracie or just even when he's not doing impersonations he's a funny guy he's you know not afraid to you know pull punches and stuff and he's actual like you know you know um psychotherapist uh you know therapist uh doctor uh you know a you know legit upstanding you know citizen guy but just kind of a you know personality and you get all these slices of 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 life and profiles and dichotomy of people. And it's such an interesting—not even study is the right word, because I just naturally study everything, being an analytical person that can't turn that wheel off in my head. But um, just such interesting seeing the pieces of pies and listening to different people's stories and stuff, and it was just really awesome. I'm sorry that I—I I can't. I'm stammering here. I'm—I just—I'm so overloaded with uh, you know pe- uh, people and uh, stories that I, I would like to share. But uh, yeah, it was it was some cool events and even even you know some sleeper events. We go to this Peruvian restaurant that I you know I live in town. I wasn't aware of, and now it's going to become a regular spot in town. And out of nowhere, Burt Watson, who introduces the MMA Junkie Radio Show, uh, pre-recorded of course, but he's part of their introduction. And, um, you know, friend of the show, and uh, for, for those of you who don't know Burt Watson, uh, babysitter of the stars, uh, he's a fight coordinator, the man behind the scenes uh, coordinating fighters from walkouts to weigh-ins, uh, everything from when they touch ground on Tuesday. And it's kind of crazy that I have to explain this. There's going to be, like, this whole new crop of UFC fans where you have to be like, yep, and the UFC used to be run more like a mafia because they were gentlemen called the Fertitta Brothers, where if the commission said it was a loss, the UFC would pay fighters as a if it were a win yes yes i mean this crazy stuff we have to start explaining but yeah Burt watson is is an old school guy and even go you know before that um you know um goes from the George, joe fraser we worked with joe fraser you know in the 70s early 70s was in, around the boxing scene um and uh guy's just full of stories and you know he was there and i didn't get to talk to him too much during that it was kind of just this crazy crazy wild event where we had this you know uh, a fake press conference with Kevin Lee showed up and he actually flipped a table. It was funny. Justin McCulley, uh pushed uh, Brandon from Louisville down because it was the, the listeners versus actual fighters. And uh, Aaron Fisher got uh, Phil Baroni pretty heated in, in exchanges because Aaron... Aaron can Aaron can throw them verbal chops and he was not pulling anything on old Baroni. I like Baroni, but maybe he went hard on Baroni. I'll say that. And uh people were were definitely quoting that. So that was a good times, a real fun event. And uh, you know, another food event kind of looping in the Burt Watson thing here was uh Texas Day Brazil. And um, you know, maybe it's because we all we're all, uh, we're all unabashed degenerates who don't mind ourselves to drink. But of course, you know, everybody's uh, grouped up. This It's like a big group of like 50 people for this junkie guy. Then we go to Texas Day Brazil, which is a Brazilian steakhouse, Chujasqueria. And uh, man, it's funny. Everybody's grouped up, ready to get food because we're all starving. I'm starving too, right? But uh, only a select few of the whole group go to the sidebar, um, you know, to get some gentleman drinks and some neat whiskeys and, and whatever and what have you. And, and uh, I forget what the name is. Um, I was gonna say Cobrinha, but that's now I'm thinking Jujitsu and people, but uh, you know, essentially this Brazilian Mai Tai drink that uh, who was it? Was it cold coffee? Yeah, cold coffee. Ken Hathaway I think got me one. Yeah, from a uh, shout out to the MMA Roadshow and uh, Ken Hathaway. It was a good time. It was good. It was good hanging out hanging out with him this week as well. But yeah, of course it was. You know, Kenny was there. Stitch Duran and uh, and Burt Watson of course. You know and. Uh, <laughs> So I I immediately just beeline. I'm like, oh, these guys got the right idea, and you know, just happens to be uh, some of my favorite cats. So you know, we're over there chilling and whatnot. And uh, me and Bert, um, toward the end of it, me and Bert, I should say, I start striking up a conversation, end up sitting by him, and man, the guy was just full of such awesome stories. And reminds me that uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, No Country for Old Men, quote. I Love that movie. By the way, I probably talk about. I, I reference it a lot. I'm sure. But uh, it's that opening monologue where he's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Sheriff Botwick, Comanche County, never carried a gun either. As the old timers. I always like hearing about the old timers. Never missed a chance, do you I always wondered how they stack up times like that. You know, however it goes, but it's this badass uh Real, real poetic, and um, and I was kind of the same way. I, I was even as a kid, I'd always be like asking like the veterans their war stories, and like, really inappropriately, I wasn't aware of things like a PTSD and triggers. <laughs> uh, triggered some Vietnam flashbacks to some uh, <laughs> some loving people in my life. Apologies, but but yeah, I was just always that guy, and and i just loving you know hearing those stories, and and Bert was was you know. Had the uh, grand Monnier flowing and and uh, and and he he was he was spouting away man and it was it was just it was awesome man. and even you know because when you tell a story even on here as you know I try to keep the story relevant and you try to you know especially if you're do, doing something like this where you're hosting and you're sharing but when you tell stories you're essentially telling a story for yourself because you want to hear it there's there's a certain selfishness about it. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So and even you know, vice versa, the selfishness of me wanting to hear a story from someone else, there's nothing wrong with that either. Because you know, a I was you know, doing it respectfully. I wasn't you know just trying to you know le- letting the guy eat and stuff. You know, it was organic conversation. You're not just uh, you know, fanboying out on somebody. You're just talking to them like a human being and respectfully. But two, you know, when I'm bringing up these moments of like when he was criticizing, you know, like he was giving BJ, she could tell he was friends with, you know, BJ Penn because he was giving him shit on the scale uh, for that George St. Pierre UFC versus Canada back in the day. Uh, it was one of those like behind the scene footage and, and it was just hilarious. One of those things that stick in my head and we were just talking about like, you know, how he could get to the point where he gets so comfortable with these fighters and, you know, from a, a big brother to a dad to a boss to a friend. Uh, to even a father figure at certain points of the process and, and everything in between. And it was just so interesting, you know, listening to a guy like that's dynamic and, and kind of to harken back to the... Sp- talk to the old times in the old UFC, with Stitch being there, you know, and of course, you know, I uh, met Stitch a bunch of times, uh, you know, even, you know, uh, uh, you know, co-host on the After Party Editions, Brian, uh, my, my co-host is even more friendly, <laughs> more friends with Stitch and has a longer relationship with him than I do. But Stitch is always, you know, a great guy, of course, too. But that era of guys, man, that... It's something special, and, and and as things keep changing, it just has a uh, as a jaded contrarian punk rock punk rocker in me that hates anything commercial and popular and new and yeah, makes me hold on to the past just a little bit tighter, you know. Make makes me uh, polish that comic book collection a little bit closer. Keep keep that box shut. Keep everything sealed. But it's good to remember anyway. Sorry for that long thing, but uh, it was a really cool, you know. Um, uh, week and all that we did we did the uh 1923 bourbon bar speakeasy got dressed up got to go out have a good time got got a little too drunk thankfully i, I went i uh i turned in early because i <laughs> but so was and, and had a dnd of course the lady the lady drove me home and uh but it was a really good time to go out and see everybody having a good time uh goes and Gigi, you guys killed it i don't know how you survived the week having to do your shows and do that but but uh I suggest anybody who who you know doesn't listen, listen. And if you do listen and was thinking about going up, coming out to Vegas for the next year's one, you know, come out, come out. You know, the next year's you'll, uh, I'll be out there hanging out. Uh, you know, n- not through all the events. Again, I only could do a couple of the events. Old Dan Tom had to still get his work in for um, the UFC uh, 212 breakdown, which I'm currently in right now. That'll probably won't be out till probably like Thursday though. It's probably gonna be a later le- later week release for that one. Looking ahead, but yeah. Um, Oof, again, I, I, I could just, I could just, uh, I could just continue on with the shout outs for days here. So uh, if, if any come on organically, I'll just let them. Because we gotta push through and get to the recap and get this done. Because uh, I want to get back to work and then get back to sleep, so I can get back to work again. That is the process. This is not glorious, but uh, you gotta do it and you gotta put your all into it every time. All right, good or bad, and, and this one was pretty bad. Well. We went eight and four in picks, one and two in recommended parlay pieces, and zero and two in props. So, pretty bad. Uh, Personally, since you know, um, I I spread out my my parlay pieces and uh, use them as I say recommended parlay pieces. uh, A lot of people, even though I put recommended picks at the top and state that my work is for referential knowledge, and you, you know, I shouldn't have to state that because if you're smart or you're actually putting serious enough money uh to to care and get hurt about your parlays you should be referencing many different sources it doesn't matter who they are i say it all the time i say it coming off of wins i say it coming off of losses my message is consistent and although there's many ways to interpret and it's unfair to expect everybody to have the same standard and and and, and, and sense of mind on how to um responsibly uh go through a process of elimination in their head much less do something like gaming or betting whether it's for recreation or god forbid you're actually <laughs> trying to get uh you know put a get a leg up on life uh in the bed and good luck to you but um but yeah anyways i can't expect that that is unfair but again i uh, i'll try not to beat this point because it'll come up organically in fights we'll talk about later but I'll be the first to admit I'm not perfect. And if in fact, anyone knows me, I apologize too much to a fault. You guys, uh, <laughs> and that's the one and only consistent criticism I mainly get. But if I do up, any apologies in the future, we'll be, uh, forwarded to, uh, Blake Stevenson from the loaded Joe's podcast. Cause he, he hates when I apologize. Just kidding, Blake, by the way, I'll get to it uh, later. But in case I forget, shout out to Blake Stevenson, one of the few to call Ozdemir over Serkinov. I, I, I didn't see many people on that. We'll get to that later though, but, but props to my man. Um, but yeah, to, if anything, I'm I'm too apologetic to a fault. But man, I will say I, I know I, I put in the work, man, and I've been consistent. Uh, my accuracy is consistent. It's tracked, uh, as you know, Jed, uh, Jedi Goodman. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you hear Ariel Juani reference him a lot. He tracks a lot of numbers for just pay-per-view TV entertainment. But yes, MMA predictors. He's one of the few. An accurate consistent guy who did d- does that and he uh he came to my back today which was really nice to you shout out Jed so uh, please give him a follow if you're not already um awesome dude but uh but yeah um anyways I'm not here to defend myself because I don't have to but I I am speaking of it because it is, it is relevant uh in the setup to today's uh in the setup to today's recap and again no excuses I'm I'm, I'm the first to admit I, I made a bad you know if I'm one to make a bad call but uh also man I know I'm putting in the work and uh, you know, I, I know, uh, I know, I'm on a lot of people's radar. I'll just put it that way. Some people uh, uh, admitted, and and they you know like me. They give credit where credits due, and and these these are people that I shout out at the show. So I'm not uh sub talking to any of y'all, uh, anybody, any any of the other people you know in the community who who uh, are are known, respected, etc. You know, cappers, pickers, whatever. Um, you know, we have, uh, private sidebar conversations to public ones and it's positive. Y'all know, y- y'all know who you are. And this is, none of this is coming at you guys at all because you guys, I can't imagine the crap by the way, um, cappers and touters get, uh, props to you for doing that game. I'm that's why I, 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 if you notice, I don't really hate on people who do that. There's a lot of hate for those guys out there justified or not. Um, again, it's not my, my cup of tea. And even though Dan Tom's going to have to find a way to monetize this thing, if he, uh, if he doesn't find a home for his content soon, uh, Don't worry. That's not on my to-do list. Um, for many reasons a principle, and this and that, but but in in the effort to keep this short, because it's already gone way too long. Uh, and and I haven't recapped any fights yet. 16 minutes in, but, um, but, but, but yeah, I, I, I I will defend myself, uh, you know, um, in that regard. So yeah, I don't even know why I have to defend myself. Fuck it. Let's get on with the recap. Uh, we'll talk about things as they're relevant because otherwise I'll be here all day. Held versus Hadzivik. Um, yeah, this was started off with uh, a plus money because uh, this was my biggest underdog uh, of the night. Was Demir Hadzovic? Uh, I picked him against Maribek Tysimov, which you know I know sounds crazy in retrospect, but this was why. Now, even though I didn't see it happening quite like this, and Held made a lot of improvements. I mean, I, as I tweeted, he was due for a skills jump. Marcin Held was, but um, it it really came a very Damian My like as far as like, okay, we we all kind of knew his. his Striking's been oversold, and we, we you know, he, he could use a little more improvements there. But f that. He improved his wrestling, to feed into what he was good, and even similar things of how he was kind of working his half guard and then chaining off his takedowns. Uh, it was really impressive. He didn't have these type of chains before. If he would chain to anything, it would be, I'll try a single, maybe off to a double, or a double off to a single, and then I'll kind of, you know, suicide sacrifice swing down to a heel hook, all Husamar Balares did to Mike Pierce or. Something like that, especially when you can get guys to the cage, right? And uh, n- he was actually doing more traditional chains, running the pipes, rechaining off to a double as he turns his angle. Like, really, really top-notch stuff, stuff from Held. And, you know, Hazovich was no no slouch, even though there wasn't a lot of, you know, footage out there. And again, um, the reason why a lot of people weren't high on him, because there's not a lot of footage, or, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't do their study, or... Um, you know, to their credit, if you went to do studies, what I was saying about Hazovich was, it seems like there was less footage this time around for whatever reason. So unless you were following, you know, him and the European organizations or, you know, did studies of him prior, um, it was really hard to know. So it's hard to kind of hold it against people for picking held here, but the line was just inflated. So I, as I said, even if you are on held, I suggest you stay away from him for that price. It's not worth it, you know? And, um, and uh, sure enough, uh, Hadzovic catches him. I mean, again, I was admittedly sweating as, as uh, my man Dan Levy, shout out to to at Best Fight Picks, likes to like likes to say no shame in the sweat. Um, you know, as it paid off here for him as well. Uh, shout out to Dan Levy. I know he was on was another uh, person who was on Hadzovic. Um, but yeah, um, this is but this is actually how I broke it down. With, uh, why I picked him against Tyson This this is how I saw him having him against Tyson As in, I saw him losing two rounds to Marabek. Uh, you know, trying to get Marabek having Marabek gonna have that speed, that footwork advantage, that played out, and the transition transition uh, transitionary advantage. Even if he could, you know, uh, take him down or not, I felt that uh, Hadzovich's left shuffle knees were gonna be enough to stifle. And you'll see me kind of call for that a um, lot of times. I can't remember the fight, but I, I referenced it in just the in 211. Uh, I forget it was a it was one where you had a striker that was probably behind on the cards and against a you know a grappler who was clearly looking for the takedown and was clearly looking t- for all the takedowns was chaining it all off that lead leg so a lot of times you'll see fighters they'll wait for you to throw uh, well, there's a fight uh, earlier on where it was clear where they were just waiting for the guy to throw a right hand and he would duck under and immediately um, try to take him down um and uh that that, that was kind of a clear strategy and and so a lot of times I remember tweeting a last fight. You know, I'm like if this fighter would you know kind of hip faint, you know, power right kick uh, to bait the takedown and, and shuffle forward with the left knee. This is a you know a lot of different variations. Uh, Tomas Almeida does a very you know quick quick athletic one. Obviously he's a bantamweight, so maybe he's a little more of a. Uh, more of a stretch but 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 because Hadzevik is a little more mechanical in his movement but it's very strong and it's very on balance because he's often not throwing himself out of position so that shuffle knee he guys is really effective and that's how I kind of broke down him beating Mirabek-Tysimov although it was obviously well within possibility here because Held was going to be looking for the takedowns um, I didn't quite see it this way I saw it more just him I saw Hadzevik actually being a little more successful um against held wrestling which again we we just i just noted the the, the impress uh the, the improvements of wrestling held had but um but yeah i thought he was going to do a little better and make him pay in the clinch because as, as you know as, as i tweeted as you saw uh Hadzivik is the type of fighter that i like as far as he doesn't let you you know he's a lot he, he, he has flaws like any other fighter but he doesn't let you get away with anything for free he's striking through every phase of the transition as you're on your way in as you're on your way out inside the clinch and off of the brakes. uh i love that those are the crucial times to strike as we as, as we we saw in kind of a steroided form because that was that was spectacular uh to me that 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 beat the edson barbosa uh benil Daru, partially because of the style points how again Hadzovic is so on balance when he threw it through it. The point was that he was able to get this, these said style points that after he landed the knee, you notice he pivots and does a full turn where he almost does a turn right to a standing mount, standing square over his head as he gives him one last shot and then walks off like perfect balance. You know, you, you see that balance displayed there and that's kind of what I saw. And that is kind of that key, key factor to his ever developing game in all areas. So props to Hadzovic Um, Next fight, Till Ayari, first fight on our avoids list. And for a reason, because Ayari showed to be tough, even though, um, again, I, I thought he was going to be a little too wide on his offense. And although I agree with the one sided uh, ways of Till as far as that being a criticism, y'all, y'all, y'all know I, I pick that apart on fighters when they do that. Uh, I, I, I always pick on poor Yair Rodriguez for that. And, um, and, and you know, and Till. By definition, could be considered the same thing, but the difference is he does the little things in his footwork and understanding, you know, the inside angle. is he does his, as I call his poor man's Conor McGregor impression, and that was there. As you saw, that left hand was there for him all night. His kick was there. Uh, still, not enough presence on that right side that I would like to see. He uses it to kind of pawn, set up appropriately, and he uses his right foot as far as placement to set up strikes, whether it be his kicks or his his his, his uh, you know punches from the left side. But um, Ayari is game as they come, man. He's gonna be one of those dudes where, like, if if Ayari's against a front runner, you wanna not just take him a dog money, but you know he's like a round three type of guy, and he does, you know. He doesn't even have enough of a sample size to say he's got, you know, where I can point to a specialty where I can kind of, you know, start salivating in certain matchups. But the the matchups I would salivate for Friari in the future, matchups where it's a durable guy uh, or what's, I mean, what's, you know, not durable guy, where it's, you know, more of a front runner guy or something like that. Uh, Kind of pick another guy pick on, but he's in the same weight class and this could be a, a legitimate matchup. You know, if they fly Ayari in a Brazil to fight fight old Warley Alves, you know, you can count on old Dan Tom back in Ayari there for a third round prop. All right. Next is uh, another fight on the avoid list, as was was shown why. Uh, Masoki versus uh, Velichkovich. And uh, I was looking back on tweets and yeah. Uh, this is a happy like dancer that just wants to burst inside of him like you see this smile like usually you know like you're watching his fights on the outside circuits like legacy or rfa he'd be doing these like post-fight dances and stuff when i was first doing studies on this guy uh last year and uh you see it even like when he was like on his way into the fight this time (laughs) it's this just almost shit-eating grin and screaming i'm talking about boyan velikovic screaming to come through his face and Uh, it's great and so I just you know with that in mind that just the only thing appropriate was I'm I'm a big Dazed and Confused fan one of my favorite movies Uh, and uh, alright 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 and it just makes me think of that scene where it's uh, what's his name Adam Goldberg who was uh, the Jewish guy in Saving Private Ryan was kind of a side character in Friends and he was a nerdy character in Dazed and Confused and he's sitting back in the seat between the seats and you know they're all graduating, being nostalgic, and he's got a law degree, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if i be a civil defender." Like, well, what do you want to do? I want to dance. It's just a classic, classic, uh, classic in my head. Crazy Dan Thompson. It's a classic scene. So uh, I just think of that scene for some reason. I associate that now with Boyan Velkovich and hopefully now you do too. Or if you don't, go see that movie. It's- a classic, you could see Ben Affleck taking on the classic, classic Ben Affleck role, you know, where he's, he's a boy, he's an asshole and a bully, you know, like in the 90s. Like, that's all Ben Affleck was casted as. Like, he, like, like, what was it, the schoolboys one, you know, mall rats, you're dazed and confused. Like, he just, you know, he had that ask, you know, Ben Affleck with the ass kicker goatee, or you know, Ben Affleck with a little bit of heavier weight. It was ass kicker Ben Affleck. Ah, uh, man, fucking Affleck anyways but uh that that was a random side tangent aside yeah this fight kind of was close as i thought it was going to be the only thing that i I, kind of suggested was saying last time was maybe the over because even though this fight probably go to decision the value jump on it wasn't that big and shit can happen like what just happened in this fight last minute of the fight velikovic check hits him with a check right hook and uh does the gif that's kind of the gif sorry that's going uh going viral and, uh, you know, as I tweeted, the reason why I'm always, you know, preaching on, um, uh, again, I'm not blindly just, you know, being a bias toward a southpaw here, but not just probably useful to have an analyst that actually, you know, trained martial arts and competed and etc., but can actually give the viewpoint of that, those weird, awkward angles that is a southpaw that can kind of touch on those things where even – just listening to commentators, they have a hard time telling you left to the right correctly because they're so programmed even just to be like, "Oh, he hit him with the with the right hand, even though it was the left cross." But there's just there's just such a programming there that people don't realize that it's so strong that I, even you know teaching karate, I called it mirroring. I, I always had to I had to develop a, you know a skill called mirroring because I was taught like people have such trouble. <laughs> Doing things, you know, uh, because I was always just kind of a, you know, a a weird lefty when it came to shooting pool, goofy foot, you know, certain things. I just would do lefty fight, and um, and yeah, it is just you can't really teach like that. So I would have to be that credit. It was awesome because you know, in hindsight, it at a young age when I was more able to pick up these skills, it forced me to be ambidextrous. But but yeah, um, that's why I kind of will, will will. emphasize um, a little harder these these things. So I'm sorry if that comes off as harping on the Southpaw stuff, but I figure, hey, why not? I can offer some unique insight. It may not always be correct depending on your point of view, but uh, I, I feel I feel really confident on these things as someone who's had to survive um, off it. What do you mean survive, Dan? You've been hit in the head and you have concussions that you're suffering from now. Shh. Well, yeah, okay, well, kind of survive, all right? Bear with me. Anyways, the point is when when you have the mirror stance orthodox versus southpaw matchup you always going to hear crosses straight down the pipe from either side are the most culp- culpable threats Now, that is true on paper uh, that being said the 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 right knees are going to be looking for those right crosses because their jab is going to be that's what that's what what fucks people up most when they're fighting a southpaw is the jab's almost lost. and if you're kind of trained more traditionally whether you know kickboxing or boxing that you're going to work your your stuff off your jab you're going to measure off your jab if the measuring st- Tool is gone, the percentage and all your other tools kind of lower, right? The power level, so to speak, kind of just drops on all your tools, and um, you know, not all the time, but 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 on paper. So you'll see guys just kind of be dependent on that right hand because they're gonna find more success with it. The problem is if you have a guy that can slip, move his head offline and time it with a with a check right hook, it's a punch that doesn't need to you don't need to put a lot on it and it, and it pays super dividends because it's feeding right into that momentum of a, of somebody throwing their cross because if you're throwing your right cross, you're leaning your head to the left and left and forward, which is putting you, put, you know, putting you right in the trajectory of a hook, a right hook, a check hook. And um, and yeah, and and, and, and uh, I was I was about to quote Diaz versus Lawler there, and I just wasn't quite sure if that was the same scenario, so I'm gonna refrain from backing that. But yeah, you get you get the picture here, and that want him to fight. So I'm glad I stayed away from it. Um, but but yeah, that, that that's one that burned a lot of people um, out there. And even though uh, people were coming at me for <laughs> a fight a couple down the road, but people were um, again, it was like literally people I count with on one hand most of the time. Really, most of the time, all the time, Uh, and uh, even tonight, people were super complimentary. Even someone said, yep, you're right, that's why this was on the avoid list. I'm glad I listened to you there, because I will say the one thing (laughs) that is the most accurate is my avoid list. My avoid list is accurate each time, you know, Uh, because for this next fight, the last one on my avoid list, which shouldn't have been the last one, which we'll get to in a second, but the last one officially on my avoid list, Madati versus Silva was another one um, where again one of the few people who came at me someone I actually take time to uh, answer uh, uh, his questions because I'm just too much of a nice guy where people will DM me and I'll actually take the time to answer even though all I need to do is read my breakdown and uh, the guy was kind of laughing at my Silva pick because he's like he realized my daddy took this on a short notice right and I was like, yes, he should win, and this and that. But you know, again, like I said in the breakdown, uh, which again, it just sucks. You know, from podcast to to, to to paper, I put it out there for y'all to for y'all to for y'all to have, and I put the hours in. You know, for what it's worth. But anyways, people still just love to argue inherently because that's just what we do. Red team, blue team, retard. Like, okay, I get it. That's this is your stage to shine. Get it out. All right, you done. All right, you're done. But uh, yeah, and this is why though, Madadi has that 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 crazy intangible of durability, and even though it was short notice, he is the stylistic guy to make it hard for a guy like Silva, who we still, again, had, didn't see much of as to my liking. Now, I was wrong in the sense of I should have been more confident in this seven to zero prospect being Silva than Al Hassan, which we'll get to later. But I was right in the sense of putting this on the avoid list because, as you saw, this was back and forth. And if it wasn't for the durability of both guys, because Medeiros sur- landed a surprising amount of shots standing um, as well as on the ground, uh, you know, it, it, it could have went his way too. Uh, but even though he was, uh, I believe, like four and zero on his takedowns, um, Silva was getting right back up. He's showing that he was really well trained in the sense that you know he was fighting for that cross wrist, that wrist control that I, I like you know, turtling up immediately, doing it the right way by pinning a wrist to the floor, you know, getting, making a perfect little tripod with his ass high up, making, so makes a hard, you know, steep uh, ski slope, so to speak, you want to make like, you always want to, when you're turtling, I always say, oh, turtling the stand, well, why is, you know, again, praise some guys for turtling, some guys for not, well, sometimes it's what the matchup calls for, if you're facing a good back taker, it doesn't matter if you're a good turtle or not, you're, you don't want to run that risk. trust me um, and also it's also the way in which you turtle some guys uh, turtle where they make a tabletop and if you make a tabletop it's easier to get on someone's back but if you make your back your ass is in the air it makes your back like it's a really steep ski slope so even if a guy has a, a good a solid hook in and even a cross hook um, as far as reaching you know, reaching behind and grabbing a wrist is what I mean from the cross hook opposing from the leg hook to gain, gain balance. If you're making that steep of a ski slope, guys will, as you'll see, fall off the bottom and you can do stuff like I like to do, grab the back of their head and pin it with your shoulder into the mat and just kind of crush down on their head and then everything just kind of lets go and they fall and you're on top and more of a north-south. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he uh, did it. Well, yeah, Silva did it with the steep ski slope in mind and and was able to get up and uh but you know again still kind of has a wild side to him still that youngness inexperience shows where he was jumping on guillotines and getting greedy uh as robert Fallis, uh great coach uh at extreme couture always says uh, he, put, he does this definition of guys chasing submissions he calls it the monkey and the mango. Where there's this trip, there's this trap where, where they use to catch monkeys. Where they put a little piece of mango um, inside this little hole where the monkey's hand could fit in, but the piece of mango um, couldn't fit out that same hole. So the monkey would reach in, and with their hand attached, the mango, you know, the ma- the mango wouldn't come out. Now, if they release the mango, they can get their hand out of the hole, but they just want that mango so bad they have it gripped so tight that the monkey is often just... That's how they catch him because the monkey will stay there at the trap just reaching for the mango until... They get him, I believe that is the story, but it's just the the principle of that kind of burns with me because I, I think of that all the time now when you see the guy going for the triangle that's there, not there, going for the guillotine when you know he's down on rounds and he's against a guy that uh, he doesn't want to be on bottom against and he goes for the guillotine and then he continues to gas his arms out for it and you're like, no, no, you're falling into the trap, get out there before they come and net you, man. Like so That's a perfect example um, I, I always point to. But yeah, justifiably, that's why I was on the avoid list. This next one should have been on the avoid list. I stand by it as my pick, um, but I completely admit. And again, I have no problems. Not the first one. We all like, uh, like my man uh, Edge Lombardi, who knows a thing or two about this game, said as on Twitter. Everybody makes bad calls and takes losses. It's long term that matters. And uh, thank you, sir, for, for coming to my back as far as reminding people of the consistency and accuracy and work, uh, free work here at com and on the protect your neck podcast but yes there is no excuses on it was a bad read as far as this should have been not only not on the recommended parlay pieces should have been on the void list I think I got caught with you know I always talk about value how none of us are above it and you end up looking for plays that aren't there and um, not that anybody accused me because again I'm not I'm not a fucking capper. The reason why I put even these plays in the first place, which I say all the time, and this isn't me making excuses after the fact, it's because it's for fun. I enjoy it. I know you all enjoy it as fans. And for marketing reasons, it's good to have it on there. But this is the reason why why, why, why analysts, like if you listen to uh, guys I respect, like Rebush or Wyman on Heavy Hands say, ah, they, they, they can't wait for the day where, actually, grats to Wyman just got to that day where I can't wait to not have to do predictions. And this is why, because you just have to, as much as, you know, again, it's it, honestly, I could count on my hand the amount of assholes today. There really wasn't that many. And I see the amount how most people deal with. My God, I have it easy. So believe me, I'm not trying to complain uh, about, uh, you know, um, about that at all. And I definitely want to give props to the, to the awesome and the positive people out there who stick to the facts. But, uh, again... That doesn't that doesn't make me exempt from making mistakes as this one was here and yeah never betting on Chris Camozzi again but one thing I was arguing to my man Gabe Killian who by the way props to Gabe Killian uh, who was on uh, you know was trying to he actually was trying to talk me out we were, we were having conversations that Gabe showed up fluent for the gathering as well um, sh- uh, shout out to sh- shout out to at Gabe Killian and then as well as Aaron Menard uh, Texas ref. Uh, and, and came out for it as well. And friend, you know, longtime junkie and 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 friend as well. Guy considered a friend, an awesome guy. Congrats to Aaron as well. Got got engaged to Veronica. Congrats to you guys. While well, you're out here in Vegas, figured someone had to, right? Someone had to do the Vegas thing and get it engaged, and it was him. But uh, they both tried to talk me out of it. Props to you guys on the Trevor Smith call. That being said, let's not forget it here. And I even tweeted before before. So this is not after this is an after the fact thing. I tweeted before. I'm like. <laughs> Even when I do my prediction, I go, next parlay piece is Chris Camozzi. I know. Period. Because that's all I have to say. Like, I, I had a bad feeling about this one, too. I got a bad feeling about this, Sarge. I got a bad feeling. Like, I had John C. McGinley from Platoon in my ear, just nervously lighting cigarettes, right? <laughs> yes, Dan. 1988 references. Great, great. Well, that's alienate your fan base more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was like... W- I was betting on Chris Camozzi and other people, even though you were right, you were betting on Trevor Smith. Let's not pretend this guy is high level or skilled. You're right, he doesn't need to be. Uh, You just have to have the right matchup. And uh, obviously it was there. I mean, obviously the sky is blue, striker versus grappler. It's not that I don't see that dynamic, but as we saw in previous fights just before in the same card, as a bigger underdog that came through than Trevor Smith, the one that I called right Hadzevich. The grappler doesn't. It's not always a lock to beat the quote unquote striker. This is this is an evolved era we're talking about, and although Trevor Smith can now argue maybe by by a point that he is the more evolved fighter, these are two guys that traditionally haven't evolved. Which again is why my pick was fucking stupid—picking a guy who hasn't evolved. But I also stand by it because there were little there were little improvements on his on his wrestling on that recent run. And granted, you know, Vitor Miranda wasn't a guy that was going to take him down, or those guys in that recent run, especially the the, the no namers that he did that quick stint in Colorado, uh, where he you know uh, was out of the UFC briefly a couple years ago. But I was a guy that was counting him out, and he was making these small improvements, and he only did lose to top notch guys, and. Um, and again, he, he didn't make excuses, but but judging by somebody who really followed closely the interviews, the training sessions, and how these guys look, you could tell that Kamozi was not... Not only did he lose respectable guys against Leides, who I shouldn't have took a shot at against an underdog, and against... Um, Kelly, who Kelly is a guy who you know I've went at nauseum. How he's he's underrated, and I've championed him before, so I have no problem you know being wrong there about Kamosi there. But I, what I did defend about Kamosi in those losses previously, again before this not after the fact shit, but um, was that you know you could even see it in his physique that yeah I don't think there's something whether it's back or whatnot. Like we saw it with Gus, you know uh, where his physique was a little still bulkier which why people I think were kind of worried there was some whispers of is he healthy or not because we saw in his last fight Gustav against Blackowich where he wasn't healthy and you know the physique was way different than when he showed up in Texas to face DC and the movement was result. So a lot of times back and core related stuff can be related to if they don't look as toned up in the midsection especially. That usually equates to knee or back if you have to guess on the injury shoot. As a knee and back uh, A the most common and it's going to affect their core workouts and their cardio workouts which it's usually going to leave belly fat. For for the most part, um, and even though belly is can be strongly done by diet, you can have rip sip six packs by just you know eating sardines at the right time of the day and doing bodybuilder shit. Most fighters, even though we're in an evolved era, aren't that tight on their diet, even when they're put in positions where they're injured and they have to make the weight by cut by doing it on diet. And that's why they they don't look as good and they're not performing as good. Anyways. Um, I didn't see any of that for Kamozi here, so I'm not for a second going to throw any of these excuses out. Even if Kamozi says, I was injured, I don't give a fuck. You chose to fight from your guard after swearing not to and making these adjustments with your, uh, focusing on that with your wrestling and as far as your grappling. And then you say, oh, it's guard work that you wanted to show off, apparently. At least you say that with your actions. And that was very disappointing because, yeah, it was just like, and again, you know, he was in some really key positions. He almost had the triangle as far as, especially a long guy like Comozzi, uh he had, he had the deep overhook and he had, uh, he had that crucial battle where you have your knee in and and uh, he, had a, he was lucky enough to have a wrist. And with a gi, it's much better. You have a better uh, ways to do a, a push-pull or a pin to get your leg over to finish the triangle. But it's that crucial battle we see all the time where a fighter is like fighting, uh, the guy on top is f- fighting to you know, almost hugging a guy's knee to stop from that leg wrapping around from a triangle threat, right? And that was the position we saw. And you're not going to get, you're going to be so much limited, so much more limited when you're against the fence, like Camozzi was, first of all, on your range. And then second of all, it was real disappointing because he had great grips on both sides from overhook. It wasn't just like some shitty Irish collar, half collar. Um, he actually had a deep overhook and then a solid wrist control. And, and it was just, and one of the moves I really, I, I always preach to do from there, it's one of the most ugliest ones. There's a lot of technical options. Um, some don't transfer as well without the geese. But uh, I just like, especially when you have an overhook, because when you have the overhook, you have kind of have control of the, uh, or more control or more influence on their body direction and their body leverage and their body's base and balance. That oftentimes, especially if you have that overhook, all you have to do is jerk your hips and your legs over to the side that the battle is taking place so essentially where you want to get your leg over where their hand is stifling you that side where the battle is taking place you shift your weight over and especially if you have that leverage of a of a overhook or a shoulder pin which is a guard that I like to use um, you can really kind of uh, shift them over and all you need to do is kind of push them just enough to make their hand post on the mat because it's this thing we all uh, have it's why you hear you know uh, you know heavy on the hands heavy on the hands when 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 uh, an, an opponent has the, or when, when a fighter has their opponent turned you hear the quarter yell heavy on their hands because if you whether you you know kind of ankle pick lift the guy up by the you know by his ankle or you know and dump him forward you, you make him post on his hands and if he's posting on his hands he's not defending chokes right so you'll see you guys get the rear naked choke but from this position back to what i'm talking about from you're trying to you're in that crucial you're in that crucial battle to not get triangled. a lot of times if you just shift the weight to the side where that battle's taking place their hand will inherently abandon the battle to to stop your knee and post on the mat and usually it will only do it for a second but if you know it's coming, it's more than enough time to, as they say, windshield wiper your knee and get your leg over their shoulder, and now you're in on the triangle, and, and it has to come down to your adjusting game. Like all triangles come down to, of course, you're not you're not out of the woods, but you're much, you're 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 a step closer. You know, you're in, you're at least in the sewage tank, and you're crawling yourself out of uh, out of Shawshank. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was the closest probably Kamosi was going to get to winning that fight because it was just bad. I I don't even think I was watching at that point. That and I was just defending the rocks being held. I felt like uh, I felt like I was getting uh, getting shamed from Game of Thrones there for 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 a second. Uh, some guy was really butthurt because apparently he put a bunch of money on Kamozi and was berating me about it. And I actually you know apologized and even he was the guy I quote tweeted where I was like oh yeah I'm not beyond making a bad call totally. But it's funny. You can be like upfront. You can put, you know, hours of work and be accurate. And even, you know, forget that. Fine, I get that. This is your only good is your your last pick. You only, you know, good is the last fight. I guess that goes both ways. That's fair. I, I'm a big boy. Um, I can take that. I don't expect people to factor in all the stuff that that I put into it, which I will say is more than most people are doing out there, and y'all know it. Again, I'm not hating. I'm not comparing myself. Uh, I support a lot of the analysts and, and big fans of them. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say. Um, I, I don't dare put myself toward the top of the totem pole, although a lot of you will argue that I'm, I'm at least amongst there. I appreciate that. But what I will say is my my, my hard work, knowledge, and experience, I'll wait while you I'll, – I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait because the names that are doing it, I, you know, um, again, not as far as, like, years, but as far as, like, hours that I put in each piece and then as far as overall years of martial arts experience traveling this world and and, and 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 putting putting my heart and soul into it um yeah yeah so that's why I'm very passionate about it so regardless if you appreciate that shit fine I get it let's just say you don't uh, it's just shitty that this is kind of how people are wired that red team versus blue team retardation that we fucking love uh, we fucking love uh, as humans and some countries more than others. Unfortunately, the USA, my, my beloved country, we love our red team versus blue team here, um, in our culture. But um, you can be even admittedly wrong and, and nice and polite and and still go on. I, th- I think the gentleman like jabbed on three times, and I was and I, I, of course I, I stopped feeding troll. And I, I just blocked him. and other people started baiting them for me. Thank you. Um, that's even you know, uh, like aforementioned Jedi Goodman came in and was reminding reminding <laughs> reminding. Uh, my record of perfect predictions within the last even 16 events he had it tallied up to or something, whatever. You can go back and find that uh, an impressive feat as he put it. And, uh, so, you know, thankfully there's people like him who track the facts and again, um, and, and again, props to those people using the cap protection and tracking in their own ways. And they're, 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 uh, upfront, you know, upfront about, uh, you know, their upfrontness about it, you know, uh, at rockstars these guys to take his, take his loss there, put his recap up, uh, You know, aforementioned at best fight picks he's he's one of the best guys about you know uh taking l's and moving on uh so it's no it's not a big deal if you're in it and so i should you know we shouldn't be catering to the opinions as long as i am you know the minority again it's like five people like if that, that 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 came at me but it's just it's funny it's just so funny the thing of behavior like oh my goodness but anyways regardless of uh people's uh over emotional responses uh your fault for following me <laughs> off of that cliff, but I apologize nonetheless because there, there's no excuses for that. Won't be betting on Camozzi in the future, but still won't be betting on Smith, man. I'm wishing him the best in this latest installment, but this is a really inconsistent guy. I mean, you have to admit, I mean, you have to remember that himself and even his coaches were, uh, just recently were even self-admittedly inconsistent. Not even sure how much of the camp, uh, my overtraining, undertraining, what's wrong? Well, we wanted him more, but he didn't. He said... You know, he said he felt like he was over trading last time, so he only spent this portion of the camp, and it was really unclear on what he was doing in preparation. He looked great coming in, which kind of made me worry because, uh, as far as physique, he looked he look much more dialed in than he has in the past, and that was a sign of things to come because this was this was one of Smith's uh, best performances. So take nothing away from him there, but again, that that is why the pick was what it was. I'm not a guy to uh, again. I, take an L and move on, I I hate to even draw on, but with the amount of criticism compared to any other pick I've ever made, which is really strange, that this one uh, this one created, this is the reason why I'm uh, explaining as long as I am, otherwise, don't normally do that, so, apologize for the ear-beating and all that bullshit, but uh, I stand by my work, motherfuckers, and uh, again, I, I respect everybody in this game, I'm not trying to put myself on the top of a totem pole, I know, I've only been doing it for 2015 in that respect, but again, as far as um, body of work uh, in, in in the martial arts realm, and you know most people don't. <laughs> I can see why why fighters don't like to do this shit, and they stay off the uh, they stay off the internet and, and 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 this and that. Because I still kind of have that competitor in me, that chip on my shoulder, where it's just like I can go with the relevance that I just did about why their you know th- you know they, their opinion could be uh, wrong and appropriate, etc., and why even though incorrect, I could be justified, there's still that part of me where it just goes, I can choke you out, motherfucker, <laughs> like, I just, like, unless, you, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I've got my ass kicked way more times than I've won in anything, gym, practice, competition, believe me, it's an unfair tally of ass kickings, it's an under 500 record, but at the same time, I've spent 20 plus years of my life just Training and competing. I like my chances against the general population. So part of me just goes like, this guy has not been choked enough. That's what this person's problem is. I would love to help them with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting, letting it get to me more than it needs to. But I'm being honest about it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, I don't let anything to get to me. I'm impervious. Like, hey, man, I got, I got feelings too. But, uh, but I'm also, uh, not going to let it get to the point where I reply just once, maybe twice, and you're blocked. You're an asshole. So, if I was an asshole, you're welcome. You deserved it. Moving on. Munoz versus Stasiak. I wasn't able to watch too much of this because I was defending rocks being thrown at me <laughs> still, just coming in waves. And actually, I was actually responding to a lot of compliments because a lot of people were just immediately came to my back um, for the, as they are grateful for the free content and money um, I've made them through <laughs> through that. So you're welcome too. Um, but yeah, Stasiak spinning stuff. I said he should probably negotiate spins into it, how he gets paid because I don't know about getting paid through winning at the high level <laughs> unless he can make some adjustments. But um, the athleticism and age for the weight class he fights in, yeah, not looking not looking great. But it would have you know, been cool if he got the upset, but he didn't. Uh, Munoz gets it. Munoz was really out of breath, but I think he was just dizzy from trying to chase Deziak. Uh And we closed... Eh, well, we already gave you the total, so forget. I'm not, I'm not going to try to do math before we close on the prelims. But when we get back, we are going to take a break. And we are, well, when we get back, I mean, what the fuck am I saying? On that beat, we will take a break. And when we get back, we will break down, recap the rest. The UFC Stockholm main car, right here in the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Ah! here on the protect your neck podcast for the ufc stockholm recap uh just a few quick notes before we just jump into the main card here uh i was scatterbrained thoughts a bit. um just wanted to clear up on on the uh parlay format and uh share some betting stuff that i just kind of missed on a prior point because yeah my head is just still scattered it's still recovering from from uh from this whole week man and just just of. Uh, lack lack of sleep I usually get lack of sleep between you know from, from work but man now juggling all those on all those events it just it took a toll on many of us there's I can't wait to see the injury uh, and suspension list report for this year's gathering it's going to be quite interesting but um yeah just my my liver just fucking hates the world right now from all the alcohol people were were given and thank you shout out to to to, to, to Dwayne bringing in oh my god this is a treat. Everybody, uh, Dean, everybody uh, from all parts of the, the world, uh, or uh, the United States brought some, 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 some beer local to them and we were just in the sports book and thankfully the, the sports book is so cool with the guys from Junkie Radio who have their studio right in there and just let us, like, we, everyone's busting out glasses. Like I told you, I brought my know case full of, be- excuse me, case full of beer and, uh, and man, Dwayne t- treated us to some, some real class stuff. So Coop Ale House, uh, red wine aged, uh, re- re- red wine. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but it was, it was amazing. I had a picture of it that I posted. It was amazing. Um, unfortunately I don't think we get that here. So, but man, thanks for sharing your beers junkies. That that was a, that was a good time. But yeah, my liver hates everybody. And then I remember I didn't, uh, have breakfast and, uh, uh, before the you know well, it was part of the strategy we were going to Texas day Brazil at ask Korea you know you gotta you gotta have your appetite up, up to par but uh but yeah but, we're all drinking and so I had the drunk appetites eats going and so you know someone had some brownies there passing around I'm like well one brownie won't hurt and they were magic brownies that gave me this like crazy Nick Diaz like eating cardio like I was just going on the plates it was it was crazy like, <laughs> and and people who can throw down food respect people who can throw down food. Cause I remember going going to just you know, most people were kind of wrapping up shop, and I was still kind of loading up my plate. And I look, and um, Cole Coffee was sitting across from me, Kenny, and he goes, he looks at me and he goes, "I thought you were, I thought you were stretching it with that Mark Hunt reference earlier, but you weren't lying. You can put down the food, and I respect that. I respect the work you put in." <laughs> and he gave me the he gave me the approval. Uh but yeah, it, it was good times, but yeah, my body, and he just needs to recover in fact, i'm recording this at night. I actually took a nap um after the event I, I just had the itis, warmed up some leftover food, and like just passed out' So I was like, oh, I need to eat i didn't Yeah, you know, that's why I was a little crabby during the card too. I just woke up I off very little sleep and didn't eat, and was just like drinking coffee like a bitter old man, but um, but no, actually it was a I was actually enjoying the card more than most uh, i tweeted that out throughout the card so i didn't let any of the uh, other things saltify my my mood but a uh, quick note on that though the parlay pieces i don't I think i was too clear on that it is recommended uh, all that stuff it, clear and in that section is particular is you know recommended pieces for your parlay which mean the definition is those if you're asking people like well, what are your best recommendations on who to put in a parlay i don't like giving people a parlay because you know, you, you shouldn't have to live and die by my sword or any one person's sword. You should form your own opinion, first of all, as a human being. And as an educated better, you should have references, okay? And uh, so that's what it means. That said, I know dodo brains are just going to see that, assume, bet, the, and, and, and just bet whatever's there. And for that reason, I consistently, for what it's worth... Um, Bet that too Because again It's my most confident plays Why not bet them And again I'm not putting out Chalk up there I'm not putting out Minus 600 or 800 To pad my records And stuff like that Like I'm putting stuff Where you can actually Legitimately play You know You know what I'm saying Like I'm not You know uh, But anyways uh, So I'll do that And just for what it's worth Just just here's my kind of Strategies A little behind the scenes Peek And just so You know Give, give people an idea How to kind of Form their own um, I'll essentially Because I'm very conservative Very If you, you see the unit counts I'm not You know Throwing all these like mythical units <laughs> attached to my my bets and stuff like it's insane. Like I, I uh, props to you if you do that, man. It's it's a tough business. I I get it. But uh, but yeah. Um, but you. But yeah. I uh, what was I gonna say? I, I'll essentially well, let's say it averages two or three people for the you know recommended pieces for your parlay. So if it's two, I'll play the two that's there, and then I'll play a different combination of two. Uh, of a two-man parlay with you know my quote-unquote second tier most confident picks and no those aren't listed but if you listen to this podcast you'll get the gist of which one or read the breakdowns um but uh but yeah um so i I will will do that or if it's a three-man i will play all three but then i'll also play uh you know two two combinations of the two-man kind of split it up and in that instance I will base my bank how much of I'm betting that card on if only if two of the three hit or if it's only you know doing two two man uh, I will base my bank if only one hits and I usually bet you know uh, on the chalk ones at least one unit upwards of a unit obviously to even get anything on there so I'm usually only playing with like an eight year olds allowance of like <laughs> you know 40 bucks or so but what I'll do with that then is I'll attach the next most confident dogs Uh, one or two max that's it and i will attach those to the core favorite pieces and those will be the kind of more value parlays um and then whatever's left over um i'll i'll play for props and straight plays because again uh, parlays are are madman's game it's only for fun and that's why my people laugh like wait that's all you play for parlay and that just that that amount of parlays that amount of number that amount of unit yep it's small it's conservative and uh it, again, there's 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 a lot of holes in this kind of theory of how I'm going about it because uh, if those cores don't hit, then you have a very losing night. But if they do, everything else is bonus. And sometimes, like tonight, I actually came. Clo- I actually, uh, well, one house I I just over broke even, and then the other house, um, just under because I did straight plays would save me some of those on the dogs and some of those on the favorites that came through. Um, so i always suggest that within your bankroll, and I'll do you know anywhere from quarter to full units, depending on my confidence and depending on what the budget I'm working with for that card. You know, some cards if there's more bets and this and that, I might step it up. You know, I got a little excited for two eleven as, as as a lot of us did. Um, uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, and, and 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 you know, you live and learn. I think I originally had my max props early. Like, 2015 it was like 7, not not that I would list, but personally that I would play max 7, which was dumb, and that eventually came down to 5, and now I've moved that down to, to 3, unless there's a, a really good reason on a 4, but usually if it's kind of falling into that tier, I'm using it for more like parlay fodder, if it's a house that allows that, so those are kind of the props that I'll, I'll play with outside of the you know 3 core ones, so getting better with that, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm um, sorry if these kind of guidelines are all over the place, but that's kind of how I, I do it in my head. And again, there's many holes to that. I'm not, I'm not bumping my chest by any means, but just kind of giving you a gist on what exactly these sections mean and what I intend them to mean and how I translate it. And work that even though, again, I say not to take it too seriously. This is recommended. It's for fun. There is a process. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I do put my money where my mouth is for what. It's worth. So that's kind of the breakdown on that. Y- y'all bet however you want. There's plenty of people who do it better than me. I reference them, I reference these names all the time uh, on the on on on, the, on this podcast, and and I reference them. Yeah, just just on this podcast earlier, you know. And so go go follow those guys. Believe me, I'm not I'm not bumping my chest by any means here or or on the fucking defense court or whatever. But I just really do felt uh, feel the need to to reiterate this especially after cards like this and you know getting to the point where I'm not doing I haven't been doing this for that long but I tend to keep doing this and you if you if I intend to do so you get new you know new listeners and it's good to explain and kind of go back over these things again it's unfair of me to expect people to know this so in defense of people whether uh for or against you know I I felt I, I, you know Owe it to at least explain that so moving on to the main card we have Alex Nicholson versus Jack Ramanson now speaking of parlay pieces were I should have the only correction again aside from being a dummy and having Kamozi on there was I should have been more confident on Jack Herm- Hermanson. And y'all have heard me before; I've 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 his his drum, you know, uh, and championed this guy coming into the UFC. And even in his last fight, which was a loss, and it was just an odd performance. And I, I stated that on the last podcast, and I think that was kind of justified here um, because he came out and just and again Nicholson, not the most skilled guy, but you know he had enough intangibles that even had analyst like myself, a bit scared to pull the trigger on Hermanson, who we got it, you know, great price. And he, I did play him straight up personally, and he was one that saved me. But um, again, he wasn't on the avoid list, nor was he on the parlay piece list. Should have been on the parlay piece list because he, I believe, he closed it like around one minus one fifty or so, minus one sixty. And um, and yeah, it was awesome you know, guess the takedown. A little, a little scary uh, with the guillotine threat against a better fighter. That would be a, a big no no. Um, like you know, uh, if he did that to Mutanch. Uh, he would have been submitted that way instead, um, but uh, you could tell he was confident in, in who he was facing, as far as especially that you know being on paper. Nicholson's weakest point is his jiu-jitsu on paper, even though to his defense, I did I did I did state what what Nicholson has improved on. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, I believe you know Luke Thomas was yelling at FS1 as he always does, but uh, I I agreed with them uh, as I. <laughs> As I often do with his SF1 criticisms, please show that replay. And they did. And the reason why, um, you know, he was talking about the arm trap that he did there, uh, jumping the mount. And um, again, it's something I preach as a principle in grappling. Like, this is what impresses me of grapplers. It's the little things like that. It's guys, if you can delineate double duty to the motion of what you're doing or what, what your specific limb is doing... Guys that are constantly delineating, doing double duties, constantly killing two birds with one stone, that that's a sign of a good grappler. That stuff gets me fucking excited, and that was that was beautiful. Uh, you know, And you really just watch how he advanced Hermanson, really didn't waste any position uh, as far as what the options were at each time, at each advancement point. And as soon as those elbows came, you saw swelling, and there, there wasn't... There wasn't much going anywhere of uh, Alex Nicholson. Uh, It was like uh, the guy, the the bad detective in Budok Saints could have been in the octagon with their, Where you going? Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah, I I felt like that guy was in the octagon. (laughs) Thankfully, it wasn't. It was a referee in the octagon who saved Alex Nicholson, who, you know, had to do his... uh, Doth he protest? Doth does he protest? Yes, he is from Florida. He does protest. Stop it. And yeah, you know he had to, he had to, he had to protest it. So good on Hermanson. Like it's good to see him getting comfortable. You know he always has a smile, but the, there's that comfortability you have to kind of bring in. And he had the intangible that I kind of talked about. Guys like that, or Emil Meek, have as far as their attitude, but that doesn't mean it's gonna translate physically all the time, as we saw in his last fight, and as that point was proven in this fight. Good on Hermanson. Next fight, end camp versus Taleb. Uh, I picked Taleb, like many, but uh, I feel good about uh, the analysis here on, 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 on you know, um, kind of warning people on the inflated price again. I, I, I agree. I picked Taleb, but uh, I don't think people should, you know, this is why I said not to play him straight up, nor in your in your parlays because you weren't getting too much value from it. And uh, as much as we want to, you know, uh, insult end camps, twinkish good looks. <laughs> We can't deny that you know he, he he caused some sweat in there. You know he showed improvements to his wrestling, which was insane. I didn't expect him to go to take a taleb down. You could tell he was really trying to catch him off guard, like that first round. You could see End camps veteran savvy for being a young guy. Like he immediately was bringing in some of that that style and swagger that you go back and watch his Muay Thai or kickboxing fights. He had a little smirk, on a little shitting grin on his face, a little smirk, his little his little his little uh, faint swaggers, and, um, um, and he was prodding different looks. You know. Uh, front leg, front kicks, rear front kicks, spin kicks, head kicks, takedowns, jabs, uh, crosses, uh, crosses. That you know, he was doing kind of a more uglier, wider version, which I I didn't quite agree with. And you know, it, it was hard enough to break a you know to break a rib on on that side, but it was not going to the liver side. It was just was. It was a very high risk, low reward to me. But it was reminded me of like a poor man's version of that Carlos Conde uh, kick that he dropped uh, Saint Pierre with. Anyways, he kept going for that a lot, but the point was he was he was he was he was implanting different looks early to you know try to freeze Taleb and open up um, and open up things, which is arguably probably why he got takedowns and even was successful um, in what was supposed to be his most biggest on paper deficits. So good on end camp there. Um, you know uh, you could tell with the leg dexterity, he's going to transfer to you know he's going to like rubber guard and things like that, but he actually does have a really good active guard. Um, and you saw him not rely on it too 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 much although there's a lot to improve there and celeb was doing a lot of things right you know he he was showing his veteran savvy like as was predicted and and gave endcamp a lot of credit it was a dangerous fight for him to take but it paid off at least in the fact that he got a got a win in a paycheck um especially we know how important those win bonuses are but I'm excited to see more from ncamp and shame on the UFC they still don't even have his freaking picture up as I'm looking at this. They don't have his height or anything. I, I, I tweeted that, too, by the way, when they're introducing him. I'm like, oh, nice to have their height there uh, where the intro. And then I haven't had, updated the site even. Anyways, the next one was uh, the uh, last mistake of the recommended parlay pieces. By the way, I accidentally tweeted two for one. It was uh, I went one and two. I uh, wasn't trying to pad myself there. That was just Dan Tom being a dipshit uh, typo artist. Um, but, yeah, it was Razak Al-Hassan, who I had over Achmed And I did... W- Warned about Akhmadov's veteran savvy, particularly his level-changing takedowns, to test him, and was hoping that he would to a certain extent so we could get more information on Razak al Hassan, which we did. But man, careful what you wish for, Dan, because uh, Akhmadov fart, farted, yeah, farted, probably, but fought a bit smarter than uh, he normally does. Uh, although, as soon as he got tired, you saw his traditional tropes coming out that I was talking about where he'll plant, return, and be there all day for the right hands, and... You know, he landed 43 significant strikes, and a lot of those were indeed significant strikes by al Hassan. but man, Akhmedov's chin, which, sorry, the autocorrect on my Twitter again was doing the Al-Ahamedov, it was like combining each name, but uh, Akhmedov's chin was just holding up, which I knew was durable, you know, and it wasn't like they were just clean one-shot stoppages. It took work to, to get him kind of out on his feet kind of stoppages, but... I figured al Hassan had those intangibles and um and yeah it was tough it was tough he uh, it was it was he was grappling a little bit too much at the end there and the just that weird kind of gas tank where you just almost uh woodley-esque or how people accuse woodley being of that needs to recharge or the recharge like that's like the kind of uh poster boy version at least as far as this small sample size of this fight al Hassan is um in a three rounder. So, uh, it was a good experience for him nonetheless. Was, you know, both guys respected each other. Prop Stock made off, man. Definitely. Tough cat. How can you not give that guy props? uh and i was definitely admittedly wrong there so uh my bad uh for uh if that one busted your parlays too next one um sabata saunders my second official dog pick which he didn't turn into a dog because people caught quickly and i wasn't the only one obviously uh, the line moved uh, the, uh other sharp cappers i respect were on this guy that's peter sabata versus ben saunders and i like kill a b but again you got to put those biases aside you know and 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 I gotta put the analyst hat on and Killabee's been rocked and wobbled. And I said not only did, you know, Saunders gonna be able to stay out of the rubber guard and as he's quietly one of the better guard passers at welterweight, but uh he was probably gonna rock him on the feet. I know I wasn't the only one on that. I'm not beating my chest there with that opinion, but there was a lot of people that were on Saunders, I think just, just just to be on Saunders, I guess, but I don't blame them because Sabata, I mean, look, he's fought once a year. I mean, that's really inconsistent, right? That that's a that's a flag, but when you look closer He's made tangible and consistent improvements each time since his second stint in the UFC and his striking. And so it shows that he's been making use of his time. And sure enough, he comes out and that Southpaw arsenal was on fire. And I was saying that even in the clinch, a place that was traditionally strong for, you know, Ben Saunders, we all have that, you know, uh, Brandon... Well, not we all. People don't, probably don't even know this reference anymore. The Brandon Wolfa uh, fight stuck in her head where he just lit up that guy and lumped him up with knees. By the way, that was one of the first... Um, if not like one of the first three uh, fight for the Troop shows, that was so damn violent. That was the Corey Hill uh, broke his shin. Um, Brandon Wolf gets a, a shit ton of lumps until he's mercifully stopped after two rounds, of getting just muay Thai clenched for two rounds by Ben Saunders. Uh, Josh Koscheck uh, freaking double knocked out, concussed. Uh, was it Yoshida? You knocked him out stiff standing, and then hit him with the other right hand <laughs> just just to kind of timber him over um and the, I forget there was another one too I, I believe I want to say it was with uh Matt Wyman or something I don't know somebody got their arm tweaked in an armbar like it was like I, I I would go back if we do top 5 most violent cards it would be my number one like put it that way like as far as like outcomes like there uh, there was just everything was violent like no one was it was fucking straight kumite that night, like there, no one was getting out of out of there easy. Out of their easy. Sorry for that side tangent, but yeah, that was that's not the Ben Saunders. And even though he has improved, there are offensive improvements. You know, Ben Saunders' defensive improvements were very few and far between. And I, you know, it's been catching up with him because he's been wobbling five out of his six. But I think it's officially to that point where it's caught up with him, right? I mean, it's just it's too much of a liability here. And um, they mercifully stopped it. He was knocked down three times officially. It felt like more. But, uh, Sabata Cash got him at plus 100, and, uh, he was someone I was confident on, so, um, hopefully, if you did follow me off Cliffs, you did follow, uh, you follow me off that one, because that one had a had a parachute that deployed, so, yay. Uh, <laughs> the next one didn't, though. The next one was interesting, though, because, uh, I don't feel, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I didn't, I don't or shouldn't feel bad about any of them, first of all, but I don't feel bad about this one, because, uh, this is upset, again, props, uh, Ozdemir defeating Misha Serkinov, and uh, props to, uh. Blake Stevenson from the Loaded Joe's podcast. Go, go, go! Listen, go listen and subscribe to them. By the way, shout out. But um, yeah, he he he, he was on Ozdemir. Um, and uh, although my pick was Cirque Enough, I'm not going to do revisional shit. But again, on this podcast and in my breakdown, I stated that Ozdemir was live uh, off the breaks and and in, and in, in, in tight. You know, um, I thought it was going to be his left, not his right. Granted, but. This was a weird. This was a weird sample size. This is what sucks. I don't want to take away from Ozdemir, and again, props to anybody who played him. But there's not a lot to take away from this sample size. It was just not only was it quick knockout, but it was a weird like Rousey-esque performance, right? Because he had, it was a weird aggression from Sirkin off it. granted, he's been more and more confident in his pressure fighting, and he landed like 14 strikes or something like that, of, of significant before he went out. But um it was just very uncharacteristic for a guy who is usually smart about his risk-taking. You know, he, he took a risk by standing more than he needed to against Ion cute lava, but there was a certain, certain measurement there with an end game to it. And maybe obviously I'm sure there was an end game to this, but it just felt, there felt like that weird tension, you know, maybe it was, you know, in his own micro somewhat different way of, of what Rousey went through. You, you got the hype, obviously not as big, smaller stage. And he's, he's, he seems like a smart guy, Misha, but still, you know, you're not beyond nerves, and maybe there's nerves, and when you have nerves, you're like, okay, well, you know what, I'm you you, you, bank, you bank on, it's okay, at the end of the day, I got this hype, and maybe you wouldn't normally use that, but you're it's fight night, you're nervous, and you just, you know what, no, no, I, I can't do this, I can't, fuck it, just, let's get this done with you, you have it, listen, look at the betting line, listen to everybody, you're supposed to win this fight, uh, let's just get this over with, man, and... You know, uh, Ozemir didn't have a lot of experience, but he has experience in some really tough uh, Dutch Thai boxing rooms. So, didn't really get shaken up easily. We saw that in his debut. Um, and even if you're following me you on know, the regional scene, if you're comparing it to the proper measuring stick, you can see that too. And, uh, and yeah, ca- ca- caught him behind the ear. And just me showed his where well. he went down weird. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough. It was a good spot that he caught him. That shuts a lot of guys off, and that was just kind of a weird way. But yeah, we don't—what do we learn from it, right? I mean, don't sleep on Ozdemir, at least. That's that's what I learned from it. Hopefully that's what you learn, and, and, and props if you played him. But the reason why people are like, why are we off on, you know, the parlay pieces? Because that was, you know, it was still kind of borderline high, or it could have been considered, you know, it could have been that easy and— uh, 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 you know, before the event happened, that is easy. You know, oh, pick where oh this is an easy lock, right? This is easy lock is off on there. He's a little high, but I'll, you know, I could pad my record there. That could cash through and might make me look an idiot. But the reason why if you're like why why didn't you have him I'm like well because Ozamir was more alive than more live than I thought. Okay, well, okay, I guess semi props to you there, Dan. But then why did you have off under your official props list for sub? Well, because even though he was live, my read on this fight was really clear. When you have a clear read, those are the ones you should, a clear read you can break down technically, which I did on the previous podcast as far as the way Ozemir Turtles and as far as I do stand by, Serkinov, one of the better, best back takers in this, in this division. And when you see a path, why not take a shot on it? If you're going to take a shot and have fun with a prop, you, why not take a shot on, on a guy who's favored, not only favored to win, but you see a distinct path. Now, I can justify that being confident enough on that and have it on a prop list not on a parlay list because it's two different things because if the prop misses it you you just you just lose whatever you affect on the prop if you put it on the parlay now whatever you and whatever people reading my content put it use them in the parlay piece all that stuff is dead in the water and useless now you know so that is the difference and if you don't understand what I just said then I don't know yeah sorry Values, son. Understand your values. Understand your process of elimination. Come on. I mean, you, I mean, you took a multiple to- choice tests in school you didn't study for. You gotta start using these tactics, son. Anyways. <laughs> you can tell who studied for their tests in school. Alright, moving on to the main event. I know, sorry, this has been running long, but um... There's a lot to get to. On and off the card. Uh, Augustuson versus Deshera. This one was the final and... Cashed as far as uh, parlay pieces, and I played them. I actually played them straight up and I played them inside the distance. Uh, Played them straight up early 220, Gustafson that is, and uh, inside the distance I was getting it 158. I know that fluctuated all over the place. I got that like I played that, pulled the trigger on that like probably four days before. Um, But didn't, you know, I was close to putting that on the recommended prop list, which I did. I wish I that I did because, in hindsight, of course, because that would have cashed. But yeah, this one broke down essentially the, uh, the way I said as far as, you know, movement. It was going to be movement. and I'll, I'll be, There's a heavy argument, and justifiably so, on uh, Gustafson's footwork. It's definitely not the best. I don't dig the running stuff for many reasons. But it was going to make the difference against the plotting to Shira, who, like I said, was going to put through a heroic effort, but fall in the later rounds, as he did, almost, around five. I mean, it could have been stopped earlier. I think he was only officially dropped once, but... Knocked down twice, actually, but man, it felt like he was knocked down more. And I said to absor- share absorb more punishment in this and the Johnson fight combined, or the Jones and Johnson fight combined. But, uh, and I still stand by that, but uh, let me just say with a caveat of concussive damage, because you look, you know, Gustafson landed 108 significant strikes, and I think Jones is like 172 or 177 in, in his fight with to right? But it was more slicing blows, and obviously Jones not known for his concussive one shot knockout blows, and neither is Gustafson to an extent, but has more of a record of that than Jones does. Has the boxing background, and that's how he, you know, most people saw saw it. Who picked Gustafson as far as you know, piecing share up on the feet with the check jabs, check left hooks, and uppercuts um, that you know Gustafson's been throwing for a minute, and you saw him hitting him at you know hitting uh, with it over and over again throughout the contest. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been mad if he st- stopped it earlier, but goddamn, the sheriff's would be tough, fight back, was able to uh, recla- reclaim or control Gustafson's posture at crucial times after being knocked down, and then work back to defeat when he was ready, which was so impressive. You know, he worked, he went to that deep half transition where he like faked the, he faked the uh, Homer Simpson role, came out through the back door, kind of like Fabricio Verdun, it's a route Fabricio Verdun likes to go a lot. It's kind of like the big guy's deep half, where it's 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 a little more lumbering and clumsy, but it's really effective, and you can kind of come back out on a on a single leg if you follow out the right way, and uh, that's what he did. And of course, you know Gustafson was already onto it, getting back to his feet, getting to the cage, and it turned into a double, with you know Gustafson fighting out from that, fighting for underhooks, hoisting him back up to level. But just the fact that Tocher was able to have the wherewithal after in what was he was in his most trouble before getting stopped, I believe that was in round three or whatever this happened. Uh, to kind of hit that, that, that deep half transition and hit those multiple chains to just kill space and get back in the fight. You know, re-wrestle and get back in the fight. Re-wrestle and get back in the fight, you know. Um, uh, maybe because I have bad knees and stuff, but I just have went away from guard attacks. I might go for one or two in transition when I first get there. Maybe the guy's making some kind of uh, rookie mistake. He's putting a hand on the mat. I can go to my shoulder pin, start isolating and working. But more often than not, I'll give a guy a pass and just purposely feed um, my leg through to half guard and that beat where they go, what the fuck did he just give me a pass for? I'm already in on my half guard chain to re-wrestle and get back in the fight. Re-wrestle and get back in the fight. Again, you don't ever want to be in a turtle position, but if you're re-wrestling and getting back in the fight, taking the chances to scramble, to fight, to to stay out of bottom, that's the risk you're going to take. So that's why even though every you know, it's always so bad to fight from Turtle. The reason why I, I, I champion in my own game so much is because I always want to re-wrestle and get back in the fight, and you you have to know that that's, nothing comes for free in grappling. There's no biological free ride in the fight game. Everything has a negative cost to it, and that's that. But anyways, um, doesn't matter. The uppercut finishes him in the fifth, nice walk-off KO, and then walks back to check on Glover, which was class. I was tweeting that because Glover Teixeira is, like, top three nicest guys in the sport, you know, uh, when I watch footage on this guy, it's always just so heartwarming to see, like when he, especially when he just was on his run where he he's icing guys. Like he immediately stops to see if they he's okay, uh, they're okay. He's such a sportsman, such a gentleman. I know people have met him in person, from fans to media members, and have nothing but great things to say about Glover Teixeira. So much respect to him. I didn't want to. I would have loved to see him upset here, but this was a clear one of the more clearer reads on the card, and the correct read, more correct reads at the end of the day. Um, as Gustafson takes this thing off the gaming aspect and reminds us of what's important. Humanity of the sport, humanity of life. Fuck all this nonsense. Good for Gus. Uh it was definitely better than you know the Alex Nicholson Way weigh in weigh-in proposal. It was better than the Benson Henderson. I just took a controversial split over uh, Gilbert Melendez, the crowd's booing. This is the perfect time to propose to my wife proposal. Uh so I mean maybe the competition's not that great so far in the UFC. <laughs> Or <laughs> awkward, I just lost proposal. Um, but uh, Gus gets my vote. That was a nice, very touching moment there. Um, especially for a guy, which I don't know how much more fights we, he's going to have left in him. When guys start talking about retirement, you know? So, a nice positive to close the night. Sorry, uh, I'm not sorry. Fuck it. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, but I do stand by explaining why I explain myself. Explaining myself. My picks. But at the same time... Y'all know me. I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. Um, Maybe naive about a lot of things. I still may be new to this game in a lot of ways, but I've been around long enough to know that there are a few that it's putting in the work. Granted, I know it's a gamble. (laughs) And believe me, not to get too much into my personal endeavors, which a lot of you are asking. I appreciate it. I know it's in good spirit, but uh, I'm surviving for now. But uh, I'm hoping these, these projects and negotiations push through. And, uh... And I have a home and platform because again, I'm not trying to charge for my podcast. I'm not trying to charge for my content or my uh, betting recommendations. This is, um, again, this is this is for fun. This is for passion, but it's also for business in the sense of the bigger goals for me, and they don't involve short. You know, for me at least, I don't. I'm not criticizing anybody else who does it, but, I, again, I'm not anybody who commands nor should command some wide audience to charge for shit, whether it's, you know, episodes, content, picks, whatever, and all those different facets, um, yeah, I, I'm not there, so for me, for me, I'm not saying for other people, so don't, don't get twisted, I'm not trying to sub-talk here when I'm venting here, I'm, I'm being honest, but I'm not... It's not directing anybody i have respect for people in the community but for me i feel it'd be short-sighted if i did that so that's why i don't do it and i have a bigger picture in mind as far as biggest business marketing aspect of it you know and and, and showing and i can do it but to show you can do it you gotta put your time in, you gotta you gotta you know you gotta bust your chops you gotta, you gotta work hard you gotta take you know take the bumps in the road that come along uh with it uh like a man move on learn from them and that's what I'm doing, man. Earning my stripes. I'm uh, I'm learning away, and uh, so that's why I keep it for free. And that's why if you have a problem, you can go fuck yourself because I keep it for free. And I, and I put my hard work into it. And you're not gonna get you know these takes. That's why even though I do want to do a counter on mixed martial analyst, I'm trying to work on an algorithm to have like an overall percentage. That's why even though I do put unit numbers bets, I I I don't want to be known for that because I don't uh, one that's not my that's not my game at heart. And two, I, I feel that's, that's criminal for what I'm, you know, again, I'm not offering fucking like, I'm not bumping my chest here, but for what I'm offering, I feel it's criminal uh, because I offer so much more than just a fucking number. And you know, there's guys that are great at that and I'm not, you know, t- don't, don't don't get it twisted when I say this, but you know, uh, I just feel that'd be unfair for me to be valued by, by, by some number or some some pick, wrong, right, it doesn't matter if I'm wrong or right. Um, that's the reason why I don't bump my chest as hard as I can on some of these picks so I'm going to get a little carried away for it, you know, Edgar Rodriguez I get a little carried away but but aside from that I don't because again it's not about that it's, anybody can pick 50-50 all right? this is a madman's game if you're fucking trying to bet on this game um, it's about analysis, it's about the game it's, I, I love it, I love learning, I love I'm hoping, you know, y'all listening are, are learning technical things or at least gaining a passionate appreciation as a fan. Or if you're a fan and a practitioner, maybe you're going to try this and be like, let's see what the fuck, Dan Tom's, see if this asshole knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna try going going to this option instead of this option with my half guard. He so seems so confident in it. But um please, please do. Please send me your suggestions. Please participate using hashtag Protect Neck Podcast. And again, I hate to keep highlighting the negative so I won't anymore and will instead highlight the positive before we get out here. Thank you, all of you, uh, just for all your positive words and support. We will consistently share, retweet, give the positive reviews on iTunes, um, just just anything, all that, all that positive stuff. The word of the mouth is the biggest thing you can do, really. Um, yeah, sure, clicking on the banners and all that stuff I have at MixedMarshalAnalyst.com, you can find... That does go back to me. That does help keep me in beer money as long, uh, along with my play. So thank you for following along. But nonetheless, the best thing you can do is the word of mouth. And it's unfair to me to keep giving the the, the the retards and mouth breathers credit. I need to give the positive people credit, which is the minority, the masses, surprisingly. I thought I'd be getting much more shit. I hate to even complain about it because I figured I'd be getting much more shit much more earlier than I am. So, um I'm just surprised I'm going to get this much positive praise. So thank you, guys. Saw a lot of you at the gathering again. Um, I'm sorry if I didn't mention your name. There's way too many of you to mention. But all your positive words mean a lot just to meet people from all over the world, that we listen to the same show, we're friends with the same people, and that even on top of it, the cherry and the cake, that even some of you on top of that take the time to listen and follow my work and share it, it means the world. It really does. Uh, Right now, you know, even though I have some things in the work and they are still looking good, they are. They are it's just the waiting game it's just the business that we're in and that's all I can really say about it um, and, and believe me that's not stopping me uh, if there's other opportunities to make money Dan Tom's gonna try to do so but what I won't try to do you know if people want to pay me to do to do content and articles and that's a different story feel free Dan tom seven at yahoomail.com for any of that scouting anything but uh but yeah man I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell my episodes and sell this stuff out of mxmarshalonels.com. I'm, I'm keeping my content to where I can own it and keep it for free. I think that is the one good thing I'm doing. <laughs> I'm not the best businessman, but yeah, I'm I'm slugging away over here, man. I'm working hard on this pirate ship. It, you know, it, it gets it, get, it gets rough with these crazy weeks where it's like 10, 10 out of the next 11 weeks is fucking UFC weekends. I'm going to have no life. I'm stuck uh, in my fight cave, uh, breaking down fights, and uh, but, but, but the... I got this far man and I'm gonna keep going. I'm not going anywhere I know again I know what the fuck I offer and again i mean, I'm not naive new and I make mistakes like everybody else but uh there's a lot of shit I bring to the table that other people don't and uh there's a lot of people I know are watching who probably don't admit it or definitely don't admit it in some even bigger platform uh formats that I may or may not have influenced uh not to throw accusations out there but i see I see. But the people that I do keep in contact with and the people that I do, you hear me say positive things on this podcast. I I do mean it. It's not bullshit. So those analysts, those cappers, those guys, the the real, the real, the real much respect. That's the community that I love, that I support, that you should support as well. Thank you for your support. Uh, I'll be back later this week. Probably I'll try to get the podcast out hopefully the same day as the breakdown Thursday for UFC 212. I am neck deep in that right now. Um, Again, thanks for everything. It really was a positive week, you know. All, all in all, it mean, made so many new friends. And I'm sorry if I didn't mention the names before, but uh, I think uh, yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned. But but Danny, producer, of Sirius XM flew in. It was a surprise. Thank you for, thank you for all Jason Lackey, everybody who, who pitched in to make sure he could come down and, and visit. And you know, me and Danny all have been you know have had the brother from another mother vibe because of the uh, you know singing in a band. And, and me former, him current, Automatic Two Five Three. Go follow them. Go support their shit. Um, and also, he loves The Simpsons, and is the only person I know that can do Simpsons references at the at the level I can, and vice versa. So, it was really cool to form that relationship. And an intern intern producer, uh, Jason, from Canada, the Coov from Vancouver. Um, that guy killed it on the show. Uh, you could just hear him get better every day. He was there interning, and this was his last week. I'm glad I got to meet him. What an awesome dude! Another another friend for life, right there. So. Uh, again, it was such a positive week, so please don't get it twisted. Um, all my vigor and spikes that maybe in some of my words aside, it was it was fucking super positive, way more positive than negative. Same with uh, same with the card, um, and uh, so I hope you guys had a good week. Hope you enjoyed the card. Hopefully, uh, you didn't take too many bad losses, and if you did, you weren't uh, a sourpuss about it. But either way, don't drink too much. Watch out for the brownies you select. Look both ways when crossing the street. And always protect your neck. on this one, all right? I mean, I got a bad feeling.